Here at the Fantasy Doctors, we use our expertise in the world of sports as well as medicine to bring you the most up-to-date injury news. Our first injury of the day actually broke his back last week. I want Lionel Messi healthy. I want Suarez healthy. Fam, fam. Mo Salah is beasting. I want Ronaldo healthy. I want the whole squad healthy. Seven La Liga title in a span of 10 years. That basically, to me, that means he was concussed. He was knocked out. There was absolutely no competition. We're your hosts, physical therapy students, Andy and Berg. And welcome to the Fantasy Doctors Soccer Podcast. Episode 13. Welcome, guys. How you doing, Berg? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's It's a rainy Sunday. You know, um, it's kind of sad because um, all the leagues, all the, all the football, all the soccer ended. Now I have to wait till like, wait, I don't have to wait that long. It's, it's May 20th. Bro, it, it, it's May 20th. Champions League final is in six days. That's true. That's true. And the World Cup is in less than a month. We don't have that much waiting we to do right We don't have that much time, but we spend, you spend like, you give me two weeks without, without soccer. I, I, I get a little bit jittery. <laughs> That's how it is. Well, today, uh, it looks like we're going to give you guys a recap of the season, right? And yes. we're going to teach you a little bit about um, how the injuries have progressed this season and a few things we thought were interesting. Um, so, Bird, why don't you start it off with um, some things about the Premier League, most common injuries. What do you got for us? Yes, give me a second here. Let me just pull this up. Yeah, it's just um, – it, it, it's – it's. I have um, – we use um premier um, i don't want to i'm not sure if i'm doing a good job plugging those guys in but yeah premiership injury that's the that's the website that we use to get all of our um, insights and numbers statistic on the premier league and i it's just um somebody tweeted it's been, been an interesting report it's been it says reported injuries down by 11% from 2016-17 season so of all the injuries that we actually saw this season, you know, we, they're actually improving in terms of managing, you know, the players' fitness and injuries. So they're down, injuries were down by 11% this year comparing to last season, which I thought was pretty interesting. And it's funny, you guess, <laughs> guess how many hamstring injuries they, they had this throughout the 2017-18? All right, let me, let me guess here. I'm going to say, and guys, I didn't look this up beforehand, so this is literally off the top of my head. I would say 110. 155 in Oh, jeez. The whole season, 2017-2018 season, you got 155 cases of hamstring injury, which oh, altogether cost about 29 million euros. Is that um, wages you're talking about, right? No, it's wages. I'm just talking about the cost of entry injury. I'm oh. didn't exactly specify. I would say, yeah, total wage bill. Yeah. Wow, 155 injuries, Berg. So 155 just hamstring injuries. Just hamstring injuries. The knee, knee costs a lot because they, um, they've to, for for the 2017-18 season, um, the 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 knee injury report has been. Um, at a total of 127, and that mm. costs about 32 million euro. So oh, it, it's man. it's more expensive to manage knee injury because it it takes a while, and the knee is very delicate compared to hamstring. 
So of, of the main injuries in soccer, especially this year thus far, um, we have hamstring injuries, we have knee injuries. Is there any big spot other than those two that? Yeah, I'm out of the, so the, 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 the three, the, the most cases is hamstring, knee, and ankle. Ankle is third by, um, it's at 115 ankle injury. Oh, wow. Huh. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of injuries there. So how can clubs kind of prevent these? What, what's your perspective on that? I don't know. Well, we'll see if the February break will actually reduce the number of injuries um, so far ne- um, throughout the next season. But to be honest with you, I'm not sure, man. I mean, it, it's the Premier League. And there's a lot of money in this league. So they have, they have the fund. They have the resources to actually do everything they can to reduce this amount of injury. But it seems like they're on the right track too here because, you know, 11%, whatever they're doing this year is working because the stat, the number of injury is actually down by 11%. Who knows next year, maybe that could decrease another 11%. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's showing you that so far, I, I need to see a lot of stats from 2016 to 17 and 18 just to actually see a trend. But, you know, let's say this is a trend. This is trending in, a, in the right direction. And maybe, maybe next season we'll, they'll have fewer reports of injuries. Yeah, we'll see. And, I mean, it's, there's a lot of different takes you can take on this because, yes, the February break will help. Um, another thing that could help, this probably isn't going to happen anytime soon, the Bundesliga only has um, 16 or 17 teams which means they have um, six to seven less fixtures. Um, That could be a possible um, solution to this as well, actually decreasing the amount of teams in the Premier League. Uh, Huh. Really? I mean, it could work. About what, like 19, 18 teams now? Let me have to look it up. We got 20 in the Premier League. I believe the Bundesliga has either 16 or 17. Um, Mm -hmm. And these teams play each other twice. So you're cutting on the travel, you're cutting on the games per year, um, and they have a longer winter break. Could the Premier League kind of take on that model? I don't think so. Not with all the this money that's coming in right now. It, 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 that would be very unlikely. At, at least the most possible move, I would say, is the February break. That would kind of like meet everyone in the middle. But in terms of reducing the number, because now you have to change the whole thing now. The, the regula- regulation system has to be changed as well. Because how many teams are you going to allow up? And how many teams are you going to allow to be relegated? Because that has to be changed as well. Very, very true. So now it's, it's not going to be four teams anymore. It's maybe going to be two, maybe going to be one. So it, it, it changes the whole system down the chain. If you're changing the Premier League, now you have to change um, the championship league. Mm. Good insight there. All right. Um, do we have any more um, injury stats, anything like else for, like that for today? Are we going to? Um, no, I think that's stuff? about it. That's, that's about what I wanted to talk about in terms of injury. It just tells you just how much, you know, how much money it is to, you know, the rehabilitation cost. Yeah, definitely. So let's move into some fun stuff, man. I mean, Big, big year for soccer or football or whatever you want to call it in general. I would say the highlight of this year is Mohamed Salah. Of course, man. Ooh. Listen, Mo Salah broke out, man. I, let me do it. Full disclosure, I did not know that Salah was this good. I know he was good. Every time he goes to a team, you know, he, um, 
every time he goes to a team, he just thinks changes upward. You know, he, he, he improves. But, you know, it's just I never thought he would actually be this good. Uh, it's just so funny how Chelsea, uh, all this other clubs are like cringing now that, you know, he's actually a, a big superstar now. Can, can we talk a little bit more about how Mo Salah went from Chelsea to Fiorentina to Roma and now back at the Premier League at Liverpool? Um, I think this shows two things. One, Mohamed Salah is a world-class player. Two, Jurgen Klopp is a very underrated manager because oh, yeah. if he went to those three clubs, which are storied in themselves, and nobody could really unlock that potential but Jurgen Klopp, I think that says a lot about him. Yeah, man. It's just, uh, it, I think a lot had fall, has fallen into place here. You know, that Mo Salah was always good, but I think at the time there were players that were, you know, a lot better than him. You know, he always had, he always had the touch. He always had the speed. It's just a matter of finding his place in a team because in Chelsea, you know, you had the likes of Oscar, Eden Hazard, all those players who were, you know, really good and attracting all the highlights. Mo Salah couldn't exactly, when Mo Salah were kind of like behind their shadow. So, you know, allowing him to leave, to go to Roma and Florentina kind of made him flourish a little bit, get him to find his confidence, you know, you know, whatever, you know, the, the cream of the crop, man, just, just elevate that in him. And then once he got to that level and now finding club, it's like the, you know, the, what's the metaphor? And I'm, it's like the, you know, the, the cherry on the, on the cake here. Yeah. And you know what? I'm really looking forward to seeing Mo Salah on the world's biggest stage at the World Cup in Russia playing for Egypt. Um, I'm reading the World Cup groups here right now. Egypt is in a group with Russia, Saudi Arabia, and Uruguay. Ooh. So we, we could see some Mo Salah action deep into the World Cup this year. I mean, I think I'm excited enough to carry Egypt out of that first round. If anyone can do it, it's him. Listen, the guy scored. He actually outscored three clubs in terms of goal this year. He outscored West Brom, who had 31 goals altogether. Swansea, who had 28 goals. And Huddersfield, who had also 28 goals. You know, 32 goals this season. Breaking records. Had the PPL, Golden Boots. Listen, if anyone can actually do it, it's him. And I'm, yeah. I'm actually super excited to see him. You, do you think... Oh, man, this is a good segue, too. Do you think it's the... It's the end of the Messi Ronaldo Ballon d'Or era at this point. It might not be, it might not be this year, but do you feel like, do you feel like, it's 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 heading towards the end? They'll See, reign. He, here's my opinion on this. Um, there are players that are great for a season. There are players that are great for um, a period of time, and there are players that are great over their entire career. And as good as Mohamed Salah has been over this year, Messi has been doing that and more for a decade now. Ronaldo has been doing that and more for a decade now. And it's, it's sometimes fun to talk about the, the new topic in the I sport, know, right? I know, I know. Everybody loves talking about Mohamed Salah, but don't forget, Messi still outscored him this season. Don't forget about that. I know, 34 goals. Yeah. So, I mean, is it the end? Um, it very well could be if you want to go the route of, okay, let's freshen up the award and give it to the most 
exciting new player. I need nothing um, more than that, actually. I want to see, like, it's, we getting bored <laughs> of those two guys meeting every year. Hey, man, I think you should speak for yourself. I am perfectly content and entertained by these two going back at it <laughs> for a decade now. I love it, man. Uh, well, nonetheless, man, we are excited to see Mosala play this, this summer. And hopefully, you know, no, no injury. He hopefully picks up no injury during the World Cup so he can come back next year under the same system that club has established in order to kill it. Mm, yeah. So um, speaking of um, happy endings, we had a little bit of a sad ending or a bittersweet ending at Arsenal. Arsene Wenger um, leaving the club. Um, he has been one of the world-class managers that the world has ever seen. Both him and Sir Alex Ferguson are the reason why the Premier League is what it is today. They carry that league for almost a decade and um, he's world-class. And I mean, there's not much else you could say besides that. There is not much else you can say. Listen, the guy, he might not have won a lot of Premier League titles, but he, <laughs> he certainly have won a lot of FA Cup titles. And he's managed to keep the club top four always, or mostly, I would say like 85% of the time the club is in Champions League competition throughout that 20 years tenure that he has, which is an amazing feat when you think about it. How many, how many clubs have you seen that has always make it to the Premier League? I mean, not Premier League, always make it to the Champions League and have, you know, the, you know, the, the clubs that we've seen have all the resources. They have all the money. It's always the lack of Bayern, Real Madrid, Barcelona, you know, those, Juventus, those kind of clubs. Then you have Arsenal in the mix who... You know, I don't think Arsenal has the kind of money that all those other clubs have, but somehow Arsenal always managed to keep them top flight without spending a lot of money. <laughs> without spending a lot of money. That's, that's absolutely crazy. And, you know, it's, it's sad that he's leaving, but it's also a good thing because the club needed, you know, a new face because, uh, you know, the fan... The fan, I think, and even the players, I think, got a little bit tired of him. So I think he, he made the right move to leave, even though he should have lived, left like maybe five years ago. Yeah, I mean, and me as, um, I wouldn't say I'm a new football fan. I started watching the beautiful game um, almost 10 years ago, actually. But if there's two managers that had me fall in love with this game, it is Pep Guardiola and Arsene Wenger because of the beautiful way that they play. And um, I just want to give him my personal thank you, even though he will probably never hear this message. Hey, but, listen. but maybe he will. We'll see. Give credit where it's due, man. <laughs> exactly. All right. Next up on the list, Jose Mourinho. <laughs> ah. Listen, man, Jose. I don't know if Jose is losing his touch, but, you know, there were a lot of moves. Manchester United made Manchester United made a lot of moves this season and some of them were you know questionable some of them were um the like to actually hype you up you know you got getting Pogba into the miss you know revitalizing revitalizing the team you know to actually try to make it into the Champions League trying to make it to the later stage of the Champions League and then the next thing you know, you find out that they didn't have that. You know, the club, you know, the club has a big 
big reputation, but it's not the same reputation that they used to have. And you see them, you know, be falling into the European League. And even then, they still could not... <laughs> <laughs> they still could not win it. They still could not advance further. And Jose was gave that famous fr- press conference. I'm sure, Hindi, you know all about that when he started criticizing. Oh, well, he wasn't criticizing. He was saying indirectly that the club is not at the level that it should be. You know, we don't have the players, even though the the numbers, the the, the salaries, the the money that they've actually you know, dispersed to get players like Paul Pogba, Alexis Sanchez. He's saying we don't have the players that could actually make a dent into the Champions League and in Europe. But when you're looking at the squad, you have a lot of players that have the quality. You know, you have Sanchez, who they pay a lot of money for, Pogba, who they pay, pay a lot of money for, and Jose Mourinho still couldn't get the team to finish well, I, I think, this season. So I know I think he's losing his touch a little bit, to be honest with you. Either it's a lack of patience for me as a supporter, or it's just something else. But I think Jose has lost his touch, man. I don't know what you think about that. Uh, here's here's the thing about Jose Mourinho saying he doesn't have the players. Number one, he does. Number two, look at where he has fallen to in the Champions League. Jose Mourinho won his first Champions League title with Porto with um, one of the worst squads, personally, that I've seen that has ever won the Champions League in terms of the players on the field. And mm. he managed to carry them to a European Champions League title. Then he went on to Inter with a very great squad and um, one of the best players in the world at that time with Wesley Schneider did the same thing. Then he goes to Real Madrid with Cristiano Ronaldo in his prime, with Mesut Ozil, um, serving him the ball as he so pleased with Higuain, with, with Karim Benzema, with Di Maria all in their prime, with a young Sergio Ramos in the back and a whole team behind him in one of the deepest benches I've ever seen. And he absolutely just, I don't know what to say. He couldn't get the job done with them either. So when you look at it from that perspective, it's not the players. Because then he went to Chelsea with Ezra Hazard in his prime and he had Oscar and he had De Bruyne he had Mo Salah. He sent them both away, and he couldn't get the job done there either. And then he goes over to Manchester United, loses to Sevilla in the quarterfinals of the Champions League to Sevilla. Hmm. Compare the money. Compare the players, player by player, position by position. Who was the better team? Manchester oh, Sevilla, United Sevilla was, was. But Sevilla produced. Sevilla produced. produced. Towards the, the second half of the game, Manchester United stopped playing. They were outclassed. And, I mean, to blame it on the players, I mean, nah, man, you got to take a look at yourself. Take a deep look in the mirror because... Could it be, could it be because once you start moving, you, once you start managing those, those billion-dollar clubs, now you, you, you have to manage players that are so world-class and so renowned that now you're facing something. When you're managing a, a, a club that's, you know, that doesn't have a lot of money. Now you have to rely on players' chemistry. And when you, when you go to big clubs where they can afford to get a bunch of superstars, you know, the chemistry might not. You might get the star, but the chemistry might not be there. So you, do you think, you know, what Mourinho is, the problem with Mourinho right now is just he just can't actually get the chemistry right 
with the team. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, it seems like there is a very big divide in terms of the players that like to play for Mourinho and the players that don't. Um, Mourinho loves to play um, people who are willing to submit to his style of play, right? If you hear Zlatan Ibrahimovic talk about um, how Mourinho plays, he's in love with him. He's in love with the guy because he's very clear in terms of the direction that he gives him, and they're both on the same page. But if you talk to someone like Iker Casillas, Cristiano Ronaldo, um, players who are playing in the Real Madrid era during that time, they absolutely despise him. They think that he plays too defensive. And, I mean, when you're a manager of the caliber of Jose Mourinho, you do have a say in who comes and who leaves from your club. And to be in that position and to still advocate for players such as uh, Paul Pogba, such as Alexis Sanchez, who love to play that attacking, that flair type of football, I'm just sitting here wondering why you even wanted them in the first place if you're not going to put them in a position to succeed. That's why, hence my argument that he has lost his touch, really. Because at, at, at the end of the day, you know, at some, you are responsible for the chemistry of the players too, based on which player you actually bring into the, the, the roster. So if you bring in a lot of offensive players, but you're more of a park the bus kind of guy, then what are you doing? Yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. What are you doing? Oh, what are we going to do about that, man? <laughs> we'll see next season. I don't even think next. I think next season is Liverpool season. I don't think Manchester United is going to win either, depending on, you know, of course, I'm, I'm, this is a, too early for judgment here, but we, we're going to see how they, spend, um, how they spend their money in the summer transfer market. I mean, la- last thing about Manchester United for me for today. Um, were, you, were you watching, I don't know if you were, um, the Manchester Derby, maybe it was like a month ago, uh, Man City versus Man United? No, I don't, I don't remember. All right, so l- let me give you and the listeners a recap. Um, Manchester City versus Manchester United. Um, it was at the Etihad, at Manchester City. Um, and if Manchester City won that game, they would have won the Premier League that day against their rivals. And Manchester City actually went up 2-0 to zero at the break. And the Manchester United team that came out out of the break absolutely blew them out of the water. They scored three goals. Uh, Paul Pogba played the best half of football I've ever seen him play. And to be completely honest, it didn't look like Jose Mourinho wasn't in charge of that team. It looked like Paul Pogba said to hell with it. I'm going to play my own game and whoever wants to follow can do the same. And it looked like Paul Pogba individually carried that team to victory that day. So either one of two things happened, either just that happened or Jose Mourinho finally decided to play an attacking style of football, which absolutely blew Pep Guardiola out of the water in just 45 minutes, which is pretty hard to do. Hmm. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, Mourinho have done that a couple of times. I've watched some of his interviews, and when he's like, you know, sometimes when you have all those players of such high caliber, you don't need a halftime pep talk. You just tell them, hey, you know, you have the quality, you figure out how to win, how to win the game. And then you let the player take control. He, he's done that a couple of times. I've seen it said in an interview. So maybe that's what happened. But then again, you know, that doesn't matter because, you know, you didn't, win, you didn't win the EPL this year. Yeah, that is very, very true. Very, very true. All right, moving on to 
Neymar, who has probably been featured on this podcast. Too many times. Too many times <laughs> for my life. Too many times. But you know what? Every week, it seems like he does something that just makes us, force us to talk about him. Hey, man, this is, this, uh, you, you know, it's like, a, it's like clickbait. Unfortunately, we don't use Neymar's name in the title of the episode. But then if we did, man, <laughs> yeah. imagine how many more listeners you will have. But Neymar, Neymar is, um, to me, was a disappointment this year. You know, in terms, in not not just you know, not in terms of the quality of of his play, because you we you, we know Neymar can deliver, and as you can see, he was named wasn't he named the best player of the French league this year? Yeah, I mean, I'm not too sure how that happens. How are you the best player in the league when you've been out since February? But I'm just gonna roll with it. I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know, but he was Neymar was disrespecting players all season long, like forcing dribbles, asking defenders to come at them so he can humiliate them. Listen, that league is not for him. You know, it's, it's like he's back in, in, in Brazil. Really, he does whatever you want, whenever you want, parties whenever you want. You know, the lack of maturity is, is seen time and time again, you know, in his persona. And it's just, you know, when you think about how much money in 222 million PSG has had to take out from their saving accounts, <laughs> this guy into the squad. And now he already wants out because he's saying, you know, this, that he's, I don't know if he realized, I don't know. If, I don't know what he was thinking. Like, you know, this competition in, in France is not that high, but yet you chose to go there. Didn't even spend a year, and now he already wants out. And now I read this morning that the club are using tactic to threaten them to stay, just like they threatened uh, Verratti to stay when they said, hey, I remember last year, Verratti wanted to go to um, Barcelona. Yeah. And they said, no, you're not going to Barcelona. You either stay or you stay and you don't play. So you got you have your two choice, pick one. So they doing. I think they're gonna employ that tactic with Neymar as well, which is probably not gonna make him happy. <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, here's the thing about Neymar and PSG as a whole. As I think about it right now, um, PSG it doesn't look like it, but they're in a little bit of financial trouble because um, they, with the financial fair play that we have going on right now, um, they pretty much filled up their budget last year because the way financial fair play works is uh, UEFA comes in and says, okay, your club profited as a whole X amount of money, which means you can spend a certain percentage of that on transfers this season. You can't spend any more. Now PSG overspent last summer. They bought Neymar for 222 million, I think. And they also bought Mbappe for 180, 190, something like that. I thought he was on loan. See, the reason they put him on loan was because they couldn't spend that money last season because that would have put them over the cap. So the only reason he was only on loan is so that they can pay this season, this offseason coming up, instead of last season. Okay. Now, if you look at it from PSG's perspective, they have to strengthen their squad somehow going into next season. Attacking-wise, they're set up. They got the attacking players to take on anyone. It's from the midfield and the defense where they need more help. That's right. 
And I mean, it, the situation that they're in right now, they don't have any money to, well, they do have the money to spend. They're just not allowed to spend it this summer. So, I mean, if I'm PSG, would I part with Neymar if it means that I have 200 plus million euros to spend on players this season? No, I would not. It would not be a big, not be a fine, <laughs> would not be a smart financial move. I mean, would you just, what would you do if you're PSG this summer then? Uh, well, if you can't, if you can't spend the money, what can you do? You only rely on your players and you rely on the youth squad, rely on someone, somebody from the youth squad to step up. What they need most, they don't need, they don't need attacking power because they have enough attacking power. I was, to be honest with you, like to me, I'll, 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 they like him so much in France, but I will boot, um, what's his name? Oh, Cavani, I'll boot Cavani out. It's kind really? of shown time and time again that he's not reliable in big games, man. You, we need people to show up in big games. Why do you think he couldn't compete with Ibrahimovic for the striker position? He never liked to play on a wing when Ibrahimovic was there. He wanted to be a striker, but he could not deliver as well as Ibrahimovic. I mean, that's true, but... Um, just looking at PSG, I mean, Cavani, like it or not, he did sacrifice his preferred role for um, three, four, was it years at PSG to play on that right wing or left wing? And of now, course. I mean, if you do sell him, right, who was going to play in that striker position? Neymar can play there, um, but can you rely on him to play their entire Unfortun- season? Unfortunately, you can't, they can't spend the money, in, but if they could, I would have tried to bring another striker in there, like somebody. Well, actually, when I think about it, there's no other strikers that would actually be willing to come to PSG. Yeah, and uh, and it that I mean, you have to have a decent striker if you want to compete for the Champions League, and also has to be affordable. So they're in a little bit of a pickle there. Yeah, but okay. If they, let's say they keep they keep the squad, right? They need to strengthen the defense. I know, like, especially the in in the midfield. Uh, Verratti is doing a good job, but, you know, they need another guy here because, you know, it's too, it's too forward. There's too many attacking powers here. You need to – you need. I, I think the, 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 the back line is actually old too. That's the problem. You have, you know, the like of Dani Alves in there. And, um, oh, my God, I'm blanking out on his name here. Brazilian defender. Oh, Thiago Silva. Thiago Silva is in the midst too. All those guys are old, even though they have the experience, but you need, you need a young, like you need somebody like Virgil in there. I'm not saying, I'm not saying in terms of what he produced, but you need, you need a young guy that's kind of good, but doesn't have too many experience yet to learn from those dudes so that you can strengthen the defense for another three to four years. So they don't have that yet. And as you can see, you know, they were exposed against Real Madrid. Yeah. Moving onwards. Um, a little bit of Chicharito action here. The player who once lit up the world for Manchester United um, over the course of an entire season. Um, it seems like that was the highlight of his career because he's certainly taken a downfall this season for West Ham. What do you think about this? Yeah, man. I was I was in on the hype too, unfortunately. <laughs> I was so in on the hype when Chicharito made the move to West Ham. You know, I was there. I made a whole YouTube video about it talking about how he's gonna change West Ham, how they're gonna utilize him, you know, where his strength lies, you know, and that didn't happen. 
I don't know <laughs> if it didn't fit in the system, you know, before Billich, before Billich got fired, Billich was trying to integrate him into the squad. And then he picked up an injury in October. And never since then, he, he could not, he could not fit well into the squad, really. And, you know, Virgil, unfortunately, Virgil got sacked. And guess who came into the mist? David Moyes, who did oh. not utilize him for Manchester United hitters. So you got those two guys who don't really like each other. Moyes didn't, move, didn't use um, Chicharito in his squad when he was at Manchester United because he doesn't like, you know, he doesn't use Chicharito like that. He needs a, you know, he liked his, his strikers to be a little bit different than what Chicharito you know, does. And unfortunately, you know, the, they, they did not match. And uh, Chicharito saw the bench throughout most of the season, really. He was even fighting to even be in a starting lineup, man, which is unbelievable when you think about it. Players like him who, you know, was doing well in the Bundesliga and you think he, he's coming here, he's going to have that starting striker position that he so desired throughout most of his career. And, you think you would get it in a team like West Ham. And then you find out, no. Which made me start to question now whether those coaches, all those coaches, everyone keeps saying that Chicharito is a prolific player, he's a prolific striker. But I guess we did not see what all the coaches saw, which is there may be something fundamentally lacking into his game. And that's why he's not able to you know, be in a starting lineup day in and day out. I don't know what you think about that. I mean, I, I kind of just thought of this right now. Who is the only person, the only manager that could get the best out of Chicharito? It was Sir Alex Ferguson, one yeah, of the but... greatest managers to ever do it. And, I mean, managers of that caliber do have the ability to kind of bring the best out of a player and kind of mask the rest away. So, I mean, it could be that. Or it could be the fact that many of the managers he's played with in the last uh, three, four years just aren't good enough, just don't have that type of style, type of flair that really brings the best out of Chicharito's game. So there's a few things here. Honestly, I think it's time for him to maybe think about moving on to one, either a club that's going to have stability in terms of management or two, um, a club that is outside of England. Yeah, they, they, um, the, the MLS and the Turkish league are already, you know, in contact with him. So he's, gonna, he's definitely going to leave the, um, at the end of what well, he's going to leave. Like, we're not going to see him in the Premier League. I'll be shocked if he actually remain at West Ham next, next season. Yeah, I definitely think he's out. It's, it's so sad, man. And you know West Ham capitalized a lot on his jersey. Because you know T.J. Oh, yeah. is very marketable. Mm-hmm, definitely. So they definitely profited from him, but yeah, I don't think he profited from the club, <laughs> which is sad. Moving onwards to clubs that were relegated this season. I'm looking at the table right now. In, eighth, in 18th place, Swansea City. In 19th place, Stoke City. In 20th, West Brom. Honestly, in terms of West Brom and Stoke, they have never been clubs, in my opinion, that have kind of taking this league to new heights. I mean, wait, so, wait, hold on a second. How many clubs get relegated? Four, right? There were three that got relegated. Oh, yep. three that got relegated? Yep. Okay. So we got Swansea, Stoke, and West Brom. And the only club that has honestly produced, in my mind, in my perspective, that has had a 
positive impact on this league were Swansea a few years ago. Other than that, I'm honestly not too sad to see Stoke and West Brom go. I don't know what you think. About I'm, that. I'm, so to be honest with you, man, I, I was kind of shocked that Southampton was actually in a mix to be relegated too. And that's why, you know, I put it as a topic there because I, I've been Southampton, so Southampton, it's always renowned to finish at least in the top eight in the Premier League for the past, I would say, 10, 20 years. And when, you, when you're looking at them now and they almost got relegated, it's, it's, it just blows your mind, man, just how much you know, things can change over the years. Like, you know, with losing Virgil, you're losing players like, um, oh, my God, I'm blanking out on everybody's name now. Yeah, I mean, Sane, they, lo- losing yeah. players like Manu Sane, and it's 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 done to me because they have a great youth system, but yet you know they finished, they almost got relegated this season. Yeah, I mean, there, there's also a few things in that. Um, there are not too many points that are separating these bottom tier clubs from mid tier clubs. And honestly, when I think of Southampton, I think of a mid tier club in the Premier League finishing somewhere between maybe eighth and 12 each season. And I'm looking at the table right now again, and 10th place, Newcastle United finished with 44 points. Mm. If you look at West Brom, the worst club in the Premier League this season, they finished with 31. If you look at Swansea City, they finished with 33, meaning that there were only 11 points in between the club that finished in the middle of the pack and a club that got relegated. So, I mean, yeah, they finished with 36 points at Southampton, but... I mean, with one or two more victories, they would have been right up there in the middle of the pack. That is true. To show you again just how much competition the Premier League has. Yeah, every game really does matter. Every game matters. It's crazy. All right, now to a little bit of a... Yo, your, your topic, your topic. Let's go. All right. Barcelona were, keyword were, unbeaten for um there there are um 36 matches in la liga every season barcelona either won or drew the first 34 at match 35 we lost mm. i don't know how it happened actually i do know how we'll get well, into messi that. was messi playing messi was left out of the squad mm left out of the squad the club the players were completely um just in a mess at one point barcelona were down one to four one to four i have never seen barcelona down by three goals nonetheless getting four scored on them and the club were shot on themselves um there was no nobody to really take the ball and dictate the play like Lionel messi does every week and Ernesto Valverde, the Barcelona manager, in my opinion, he needs to go. He needs to go because. Wow. Listen, listen man, Barcelona okay. fans are so fickle, man. You lose one game, you, you. <laughs> oh my god! How many games have you won this season? Listen, it's about A the games lot. that we lost, and look at those games and of the game you won, and you listen, want the guy out, man. Come we on. got embarrassed by Roma. You kicked out of the Champions League. We got embarrassed by Levante, lost our unbeaten streak. Now what do we have left? We have a Copa del Rey, which we did win, okay. And we have a La Liga, which, yes, we won. But look, how, look at how Madrid performed this season. And honestly, it's about the substitutions that you make, which is what makes your manager great. Because 
who really made Barcelona great this season? Was it Lionel Messi or was it Ernesto Valverde? I, I, I would say Messi. <laughs> I would say Messi too, given the fact that you leave him out for one game and you get blown out by four goals. I mean, yes, the, the greatness of Coutinho and Suarez made the game come back. They lost five to four, but we should have never been put in that situation in the first place. And guess what happened three days later? Barcelona flew the entire squad down to South Africa for a friendly in the middle of the season. Messi played. Hey, hey you can't. You don't know how much money they, they gave the Barcelona to come to Africa, to, to go to South Africa. You don't know oh, how much money man. was involved, man. Come on. It makes me <laughs> sick. Say that. It makes you me sick. Much you're a manager, you have Messi to. to appear, even if Messi appeared for like 10 minutes during a game. That money was well, well spent. I just, it, it rubs me the wrong way that this team, as great as it is, and Andres Iniesta. Oh, man, this beautiful player that he is. He played his last game for Barcelona today. One of the greatest players of all time. Um, He's one of the players that made me fall in love with the beautiful game. To have him go out on a season like that, to go out in the Champions League like they did, to blow an undefeated season the way we did today or last week, it just rubs me the wrong way, man. That's, That's just disrespectful to his legacy, in my opinion, as great as it is already. I'm just I'm, <laughs> I'm just surprised with just how much how much <laughs> just how I care man I care of an unbeaten streak that was broken just why now why now and okay here's another thing if you're gonna blow an undefeated season that, that's okay with me if you like want to play your youth players no it was it was a typical starting lineup and he just couldn't manage them couldn't manage it for two games Unbelievable. Shows you, man. Shows you when Messi's not there, the, the squad is in shamble, which is what you don't want at a club, man. You don't want it to rely on just one player. And even though they rely on him for so many years. He just shows you just, just how great the guy is, man. You have Coutinho. You have Suarez. You had Neymar back then. Even then, the club was still on Messi's shoulder. Yeah. And it looks like it's going to be that way for a while. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in terms of transfers this summer, but this club really, really does need him. And it seems like he carries a team wherever he goes. That's yeah, crazy. Moving on. I, we need to move on. My blood pressure is too high. Right. Please. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got a hell of a game coming up next week. Yeah, UEFA Champions League final. Liverpool versus Real Madrid. Berg, I want to know um, who you want to win and who you think is going to win. Um, I said it before. I think Liverpool is going to win. And uh, I, I want Liverpool to win, actually, because I want, I want that, you know, even though Madrid is my team, too. But, you know, I want, you know, I want, I want, I want some hurt. <laughs> I want some hurt, you know. Just, I want, you know, I want Mosala to be. To, to to you know be in a competition for the Ballon d'Or and if he wins if he if Liverpool actually win the Champions League he's right in there with them for for in, in nomination this year you can't I don't think anyone can deny that at this point I said it earlier in the early episode of the podcast that if he actually win the Champions League he'll be nominated for the Ballon d'Or I actually want to see him do that this year so all that it takes is for Liverpool to win and I don't know I think. Club's probably coming up with a good plan. And it's very unfortunate, too, that I would not be watching the game. 
No, what you doing? Yeah. Um, so, you know, the live event, the marketing, oh. I'm going to a marketing conference. And uh, oh. the game's at 2.45. The, the, the marketing conference ends at 4. So either I might have to slide out of that conference where, <laughs> for which I pay a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> or just have my phone in there and sit all the way in the back. All right, here's what you got to do. The game starts at 2.45. Second half starts at 3.45. You got to make that second half happen, bro. You really Fem, got to. Fam, listen, you know, I can't watch for – I have to watch the whole game. I don't want to okay. watch the first half and then, you know, then go and watch the second half, miss everything that happened. Nah, I want to watch the whole game. Either that, no. You never know. I might have to, you know, skip, skip the conference to watch the game, man. Oh, what, do you think? what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? All right, all right. Here, here's my take on it. Number one, I am so glad it is these two teams that are in the Champions League final, as much as I do love Barcelona, because we are about to witness a show. Mm. It's about to be a football festival, spectacular down in Kiev. Um, these two teams, I hope they go at it. I hope they go goal for goal for 90 minutes. And I hope it, we, the whole world really gets to see the beautiful game in its finest form in Liverpool versus Real Madrid. But, I mean, if it comes down to a shootout. No, 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 <laughs> no. I don't it, want you, that. <laughs> see, I mean, if it comes down to who will score, score the most goals over the course of 90, perhaps 120 minutes, it's anyone's game. It, it is anyone's game. You can't say – Liverpool won't outscore Madrid. You can't say Madrid won't outscore. Because both teams are offensive. Both teams are both very teams offensive. offensive. And, and both teams have trouble in their defense. Yeah, that is very, very true. And as much as I would like to say Real Madrid have kind of fixed their troubles, it seems like they play two games good and one game they tie or they draw. And, I mean, if you're defensively fragile against Liverpool, they will tear you apart. They will. They will. And... I mean, honestly, like, I can't give you a prediction. If I had to say, if I had to, if I really, really did have to, I would go ahead and say Real Madrid 4-3 win. Just a, because. a high-scoring game. <laughs> very high-scoring high scoring game. Um, it's going to come down to the midfield of both clubs. And if you can have – I really do think the key to this game is going to be um, Luka Modric because he is one player, um, perhaps the only player on both sides Luka of the Modric field that can, that can really dictate the play, that can say, hold up, this game is moving too slow, let's slow it down. Hold up, you know, we need to get this ball back right now. He's one of those few players, and unfortunately Liverpool doesn't have that, but when you have players like Mohamed Salah that say, we're going to play on 100% speed the entire game, um, you see why he did this season, and it could be just as effective. Here's a matchup that I'm really, really excited to actually watch. Mo Salah on the left side, on the right side against um, against Marcelo. Who? <laughs> you know Marcelo's gonna eat it, bro. <laughs> Marcelo's gonna eat, yo. He's gonna have a hard time throughout the game, man. Unless Varane came in, come in to actually help him, or, or um, Sergio. Rob, actually, they're gonna switch. I, I here's what they're gonna do. They're gonna put Varane on um, next to Marcelo, 
because Varane has the speed to catch up with um, uh, Mo Salah. If you put Sergio Ramos in the mix, then it's over because, uh, you know, mm. none of those guys can actually keep up. I mean, now that you say that, I'm looking at the defense versus forward matchups of both teams, and I feel like um, your boy Bobby Firmino has not gotten the credit he deserved this season. Never. He's, he's, he's been underrated most of his career. And if somebody actually said, you know, we haven't even seen the best out of him yet. Because yeah. he's not, they said he's not the, the player that he used to be in Germany. He's not even, he, he, he has not even come close to it yet. Wow. And I mean, Bobby, Bobby Firmino, he's, he's more of a, he's a better playmaker than striker in oh, my yeah, opinion. Of course. But, I mean, if you look at the way he's making plays for Mane and, and Salah and the way that he drags people out of, the, out of position, if you have someone like Marcelo who's already up on the field and you have someone like Bobby Firmino dragging the likes of Ramos and Varane out of position, that opens up a lot of space. A lot of space, man. I'm, I'm also interested to see the matchup here with um, Virgil against either Benzema or Cristiano Ronaldo. Alexander Arnold better step up, man. Whichever's one, whoever's on the wing, man. They, they he got better. work to do. He he has a lot of listen. A lot of player has a lot of work to do. <laughs> That's why it's so interesting. The battle in the midfield. You have Casemiro. You have Firmino in there trying to. Oh man. And one player I think that uh, may or may not start in this game, but if he does start, he could show the world just exactly how good he used to be. Yeah. Gareth Bale. Uh, coming back, how much would he love to come back and play against a Premier League team? Whew. Nah, I, I'm not. I'm not too confident in Bell really because Bell Bell is just Bell is known just for his speed and shooting. But when you're looking at Bell in terms of like technical ability, I don't think he has a lot of technical ability because Bell will lose. He will lose ball in the middle, make really horrible passes. And if you look at him, like you. It's one of those players that just rely a lot on speed. And unfortunately, you can't do that all the time. Exactly. Sometimes you're going to, especially if, you know, you have defenders that are as fast as you. Now you're not going to rely on speed anymore. What, what, what's your strategy? I think Bear rely way too much on his speed. And that's probably why he has not been able to be in a starting lineup. Other than, other than injury, of course. But I don't know. It also depends on the style. If they're going to run counterattack, then Bell's Definitely, he has his place in there. Yeah. Connor, you need speed for counterattack, and oh, can can Liverpool defense keep up against the speed monsters? Mm, we will see. We will we'll see. see. Um, you got any more news for our listeners, Bird? No, that's that's about it. I'm just I'm just excited for Saturday. I might have to, you know, skip the conference that I pay money for just to watch the game. Yeah, honestly, man, you got to watch that second half. You, you really do. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll make some arrangement. Hopefully the Wi-Fi in that hotel is actually good. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. All right. So be sure to follow me on social media. Um, my handle is The Football Physios. Um, I'm also hosting a Facebook group for um, injury prevention. If you want to join, go to my Instagram profile at The Football Physios. The link is right in my bio. Um, Berg, what do you got for us? Um, you can find me on Instagram at the Soccer Obsessed and on YouTube as well. If you have any injury questions and fitness questions, just send me a DM. I'll respond right away. 
Yeah, and be sure to follow the Fantasy Doctors on all social media platforms. Stay tuned. We're going to be doing a World Cup preview in the next few weeks. World Cup starts in less than a month, um, and I hope you guys are just as excited as we are. And be sure to give us that review, whether you like us or not. Let us know. We'll take any review that we can get. <laughs> Preferably five stars. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys, and we'll see you next week.